0: Good morning and a very happy Easter. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Several years ago, I was fortunate enough to visit the Holy Land twice. And the first time I went, I was a bit of a tourist, wanting to visit all the sites and see the places where Jesus had walked and the churches that marked important moments in his earthly life. The second time I went, I was a bit more of a pilgrim. Yes, I wanted to see those sights again, but I was in less of a rush to get around to all the sights and see everything. I had more time to pause and to take in the sounds and the feel of those places. I was reminded of this recently upon reading someone else's reflection that tourists pass quickly through sacred places whilst sacred places pass slowly through pilgrims, leaving them changed forever. This observation was made by Father Thomas, a Franciscan monk, who recalled a striking example of this at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. This church includes the tomb where Jesus was supposed to have been buried, a tomb which, according to today's Gospel passage, was found to be empty on that first Easter morning. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre is always very busy, and whilst a group of pilgrims waited in line to enter the tomb, a group of tourists bustled past, cameras in hand, and one asked, is there anything worth seeing in there? No, a pilgrim replied, nothing to see in there, it's empty. That is, is of course, what we celebrate today and for the Easter season. And indeed, it's what the whole of our faith is built upon, that empty tomb. But what does this empty tomb mean for us and for our lives? I'd like to spend a few minutes reflecting on that this morning. Angela Tilby, canon of Christchurch Cathedral, commented in the Church Times recently, that the church hasn't spoken out much in the face of the COVID-19 crisis and that perhaps we should be speaking out about death and about the hope that we have. She suggests that as Christians, we're perhaps too focused on the hope that we have for a better world today. And it has led us to neglect speaking out for life after death and the hope that we have in God. Jesus' resurrection, his rising from the dead, is a universe-changing event. In the resurrection, God shows us that death is not the end. Death is no longer that great beast to be feared. It is no longer, it no longer has the final word, no longer has the last laugh. Jesus' resurrection has both demonstrated and secured that God's life and God's love triumph over death. We no longer need to be afraid of death. Significantly, we no longer need to be afraid of facing death alone because God's power over death promises us that God is with us as we die and through to the other side. In these times of lockdown, My husband and I have been digging out some DVDs that we haven't watched in a while. And one such film was The Lord of the Rings. In preparing for this morning, I was reminded of Gandalf's wise words to the hobbit Pippin as they fought the enemy in battle and looked sure to lose their lives. I didn't think it would end this way, said Pippin. End, said Gandalf. No, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path, one that we all must take. The grey rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass and then you see it. What, Gandalf? See what? White shores and beyond, a far green country under a swift sunrise. Well, that isn't so bad, said Pippin. No. No, it isn't. Jesus' resurrection gives us incredible hope and even joy in facing death and what will come next. It means that we can live our lives on earth free from fear, confident that God walks with us through life and through death. The first words of the angel to the women on that Easter morning. And then Jesus' first words to the women were both, Do not be afraid. This is a message for all of us this Easter. Do not be afraid. God has defeated death. Live your life in hope and in joy. In these dark and difficult times, which the whole world is facing at the moment, it can be hard to hear those words. We are restricted by our natural human fear in the face of uncertainty and suffering. But we are a hopeful Easter people and we can be hopeful and joyful in the knowledge that God is with us, no matter what happens. One thing that struck me in Matthew's account of the resurrection is the emphasis that the stone was rolled away as the women got there, by the angel. It was rolled away not to let Jesus out. He had already risen. He could walk through the stone walls of the tomb. The stone was rolled away so that the women could see in. For those women, Mary and Mary, were to be the very first witnesses to Jesus' resurrection. We may not have been there to witness the empty tomb and even to encounter the risen Jesus, but still we are called today to be witnesses. We are called to be witnesses to Jesus' life, death and resurrection and to the difference that they make in our life today. Perhaps Angela Tilby had a point that sometimes we focus too much on the hope the resurrection gives us for a better world today, and not enough on the hope for life beyond death. But I think the point is that for many people, words of life beyond death are just words. And actually, we need to live out in our everyday lives the hope that we have. Jesus came to give us abundant life, to enable us to share in God's life, And that's both in the life to come, but also in the here and now. God promises us a life lived free from fear, in hope and in peace. But that life starts now. Like all of Jesus' life and ministry, this message is rooted in the earth and in our human, messy lives. Note here that God reveals the empty tomb and then the risen Jesus to those women who had stayed with Jesus to the very end. They were the women who stood nearby as he hung dying upon the cross. Not the men, they'd fled. It's Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, most likely Jesus' mother, who stayed with him in his darkest hour, who walked with him, through the valley of the shadow of death. It is those women who get to witness the resurrection. They are the very first to see the risen Christ. There's something poignant and significant here about journeying together through the dark times in order to witness the joy and the hope of the resurrection. There will be many in the world at this time walking with people through dark times. If not physically able to be present with them, then mentally and spiritually journeying with them. And the events of Good Friday and Easter Day really endorse the significance of journeying with someone who is suffering, even if only through prayer. In this way, God does not deny or disregard the sufferings in our world and in our lives. The resurrection and the joy of Easter is not about smiling no matter what. It's not about a false positivity. The events of Easter recognise the suffering in our world. Jesus' death on the cross is, if nothing else, an acknowledgement of the horrors in the world and the suffering that people go through. So, too, the cross is a recognition of the sense of abandonment even the most holy of people feel at times, especially during times of great trial. And even in Jesus' resurrection, we find that Jesus still bore the marks of the nails in his hand and his feet. There is no denial here of what went before. Thus, the resurrection of Jesus gives us hope most of all hope that after the horrors of death the tomb will be found empty hope that as we leave this world we will see the white shores and a far green country under a swift sunrise hope that God is with us always in life and in death hope that we need not be afraid, we need only to trust in the one who loves us and gave his life for us, to reach out and take his hand as he walks with us through the trials of life. Alleluia, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, alleluia.